You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. No child ever says, I want to be an addict when I grow up. Adults in bondage are frustrated, as if they're lost in a maze on a dark night. If you've been unable to break free, it's time we had a conversation about the life you have and the life you really want. It's time to start your journey back. Hey everyone, this is Wayne Hines, author of the book Breaking Free, The Journey Back to Father's Design. I want to welcome you to our conversation today. And so I also want to welcome my awesome co-host, Donna Hines, my lovely and charming wife of over 13 years now. Well, hello, everyone. Together, we're taking the power to live whole again to the streets is how we say it. Yes. And this is an exciting day as we're doing our first episode. And we're glad all of you out there are with us today. So being that this is our first podcast, we probably ought to tell people how we got here. That is true. It has been an amazing journey uh, for the last 13 years. And we met in Shawnee, America, Shawnee, Oklahoma. And um, I was opening a boy's home and uh, Wayne was my sign guy that came by and uh, anyway, we got to talking and found out we were both in ministry, and then things developed from there. It's been awesome. And those boys, those boys were coming out of foster care, weren't ready to go onto the street, and like too many young men today, really weren't ready for adult life. They didn't have ID, they didn't have driver's license they hadn't finished high school they were in foster care obviously they had dysfunctional homes and um, too many of them had some type of brush with the law they had some type of addiction uh their, their thinking just wasn't right was it no it was um amazing time trying to figure out um, where they all were, the here and the now, where they were uh, as far as their development. And it really was uh, a life change for us. And it also was a life learning lesson with each one of those young men. Now, now some of them young men, um, the DHS system made you aware of them and helped get them to your door. And if I remember right, the judge used to send some of them to you. Just yes. unfortunately didn't send any money along with it to pay for them. <laughs> and then what was so interesting is that parents began to just drop boys off at your door. Yes, I had Shawnee parents dropping them off because it was difficult for them to deal with their own child at home. Uh, of course, the uh, Honorable Judge Combs, he was awesome. Uh, that was their step at our door before prison. Um, and so we took those guys in uh, a lot of times without a whole lot of information. And so we had to learn what we were bringing into the house, so to speak, um, one at a time, case at a time. Now, we've been married uh, over 13 years. Yes. And um, for the last 10 or 11 years, we've been involved in 
in homeless ministry in downtown Oklahoma City. And that's where we get a lot of our uh, passion for this subject is the amount of, of addiction issues that not only get people to the street, but keep people in the street. Yes, there's men, there's women, um, young, um, senior citizens, all ages, all groups. They come from different areas of the country into the Oklahoma City area, and they have um, mental health issues, addictions. Uh, there's all kinds of traumas that they're trying to work through and have not been able to work through. And unfortunately, the streets just increase uh, the traumas. Now we didn't uh, we didn't announce a sponsor today, oh. and it's too late to back up and start over. So uh, this would be a good time to say that we have Clarabelle's Restaurant in McLeod. Yes, and we we get all excited talking about the ministry and the things that we do with our customers, and when they find out we do homeless ministry, uh, some of the questions that immediately come to their mind is, well. With, with all these government programs, um, how, how do we still have so many homeless people? Uh, why don't they just get a job? Are they lazy? Uh, you know, it, are, are they all addicts? Or do they all have mental health and won't take their medicine? Uh, are they all ex-cons and sexual perverts? Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're wanting to know what the quick, easy, judgmental answer that they can give. And... You'll recall many, many times my, my answer always to them is it's not any of those things. The problem is they run out of a support network. Yes. And really, that's, that's, that's probably the best place to get into the meat of where we're going to go today is when, when you're an addict, you will burn your bridge. You will ruin your relationships. You will eventually be unemployable, untrustworthy. Mm -hmm. uh, now, on the flip side of that coin, there's a phrase, uh, especially in the alcoholic world, called someone being a functional alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And you've employed some of them. Yes. And uh, so what, what we have is, is we have people who can, can handle uh, for a period of time, some longer period of time than others, what whatever their addiction issue is, and still relatively function in, in normal society. But uh, eventually, uh, those bridges, those relationships begin to break down, don't they? Yes, they do. And then when you have no support system, uh, the streets have has taught you to find uh, anyone that is in the same vicinity that you are. You develop a different camaraderie on the street. You really have a whole family on the street. Uh, they take care of each other. Uh, they look out for each other. They share. If I get some goods from someone, they'll share with others. But eventually, um, you do become a lone ranger because you're looking for the next fix or you're looking for the next opportunity to uh, supply what you need uh, to get that addiction fixed. Mm. So um, we, have, we have functional, 
we have an increasing uh, fall in the, in the non-functionality. And uh, so, so the addiction, what we're saying is the addiction can get you to the street. Mm-hmm. And the addiction can also keep, keep you, you on the street. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking right now of a story. Uh, we we typically work the third in Virginia, uh, parking a lot of the day center and that surrounding neighborhood, and and then we we go in a in a circle, uh, sort of like throwing a stone into the water and seeing the ripples get bigger. We we move out from from that center point uh, until we run out of whatever our supplies are for that day in food or clothing. Um, all of a sudden, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? <laughs> you were trying to say uh, what happens on the street when uh, they run out of these support networks. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. This is, this is what you call sometimers, I guess. Yes, sometimers. Um, wow. I am absolutely <laughs> stuck. It's okay, honey. Here we are live, and I'm absolutely stuck. <laughs> anyway, we 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 take these things to people. Oh, I know. We, when we leave, when we leave that that our our, our ministry time downtown of feeding and clothing people, uh, we got two choices: we get on I forty and we come back home to McLeod, or or uh, sometimes we just take take Reno and we take the back roads and slow way and maybe stop, get ourselves something to eat, whatever. Um, but uh, we, we, we have a, uh, a relationship with a young man on a very regular basis, and I won't go into any more because I don't want to say who he is. But his father was actually homeless in that area of, of downtown Oklahoma City where uh, the little truck stops are at, at MLK and the little... Uh, metal recycling places back uh, a little bit to the west, and behind them is is some undeveloped land, a lot of tree and shrubbery where it's where it's easy to develop a homeless camp and sort of be out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we met the father of this young man, uh, he had he had come out of the camp. He had been extremely sick and and needed to seek medical attention. Uh, went to to find his brother. Uh, we, we were amazed to find that he had, according to his story, he had gone to the streets because he had lost everything, uh, just alcoholism, death in the family, a variety of things that had hit him. He, he lost everything, goes to the street, ends up in this camp, uh, is an older gentleman, has a number of, of young people, mostly gals who are in this camp and winter time comes and the winter is harsh, mm-hmm. particularly when you're homeless and living outside. Um, and so what he did is he started taking various types of, of speed related drugs in order to stay up yes, and tend the fire because he, as he told it to us, knew if the fire went out, they'd all be dead in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so goes to the street with a mild alcohol addiction, ends up with a major drug addiction. Yes. And almost loses his life. Mm-hmm. 
And we've heard the story over and over again of, of folks who maybe even didn't have addiction. They had other issues that they ran out of their support network and then end up downtown. And in the wintertime, they, they turn to alcohol to help them keep warm. Yes. And so you can be a non-addict in the fall and be an addict by the time spring comes. Yes. And and so you went there for uh, one set of reasons and you, over the course of the winter, add another set of reasons that help keep you there. Um. I'm thinking of an incident that happened yesterday. We were downtown and uh, someone who already has a, a mental illness issue who now mixes an addiction issue. And so this person is high and they're out of their mind and they attacked one of our workers. And, uh, you know, in this situation, it was great. Uh, our, the rest of our homeless crowd that we were serving came to our aid and and defended us. Uh, God always has a way of taking care of us. Yes. Um, but again, um, the, the the ministry, the the giving of food and and clothing was interrupted by an outburst from an addiction issue. So, uh, the very people you're trying to serve, their addiction keeps them from receiving what they're there to receive, what they need to survive. And uh, then the, the story of what happened in the grocery store yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, how exciting it was when the gal comes out from behind the counter and she says, Pastor Wayne, your wife gave me your book. Okay, I didn't know that, but awesome. <laughs> she says, I am in recovery and I've been in recovery for two years and I got stuck. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard that, babe? Yes. That they got stuck. Yes. And uh, so she says, I, I I picked up the book a few days after I got it. And I said, I got to do something. She says, I read the whole book. She says, it's awesome. I'm unstuck and I'm back on the road to recovery. Yes, that was so exciting. Then she, then she says, do you have any videos? Do you have any YouTube stuff? Do you have any more books? And I was so excited to say, hey, we, we got a podcast that we're getting ready to record and go live with. And uh, as soon as it comes out, I'm going to let you know. So this is what's so exciting is we're going to have a, a chance to be with some of the folks that, that we're ministering to either on the street or by handing out the book. Uh, dealing with people through the ministry day in, day out, eight days a week, 24-7, and, and have some additional resources there. So let's turn our, our story from a little bit about how we got here um, to, the, to the importance of, of recognizing the importance of today. What's important about today, baby? I think we have to live in the now. A lot of times people get stuck because they are living in the past. They're living in past traumas. They're living in past things that someone has said to them. And so they rehearse it over and over and they never get to the here and now. They never get to today. We have to live our lives on a now, what I call a now basis. We have to know where we are right now. We have to know who we are right now. And we have to be transparent enough to 
uh, tell ourselves the truth so we can get to the truth of who we really are, which is created in God's image, and that we are supposed to be prosperous, we're supposed to be healthy, we're supposed to be wealthy, we're supposed to be strong, and we're supposed to exemplify who Jesus is in the earth. That's why he came. And once you know who you are and whose you are, mm. you can be amazing in the earth. And these things that have entrapped us over years and years will start to fall off. And I think once people become uh, transparent and recognize today is the day of salvation, today is the day that um, I stand strong and I stand uh, with God's help, knowing that I'm going to make it through any and everything that I've had to walk through and that what I've been through are stepping stones to my victories. And we do have mm. to celebrate our small victories um, yes. on a day-to-day basis. Wow. Now, one of the things you said that, uh-huh. that just really hits home mm-hmm. because uh, all of the conversations that we have in this book, Breaking Free from Addiction, uh, we, we talk about the fact that you have a heavenly father. Yes. That you have a design. And you were not designed to be in bondage to addiction. You were designed to be free. And the flow in the qualities and the nature of him who made you your heavenly father. But the phrase you said, who you are and, who and whose you are. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. And I think that's the problem. We identify with everything that maybe um, our parents said or a friend said or the bully said or um, my uh, drug-addicted father said or um, the alcoholic up the street or the folks at school that uh, we ran with that uh, took us in different directions. And we have to stop and say, what is the truth? Uh, Sometimes reality that we live in is not always the truth. We have to separate that. And that's what happens. People don't uh, understand that the reality that they live in right now may not always be the truth. And, um, for instance, a lot of people, um, they call us salt and pepper because you're German and I'm African-American and and um, we're still the same. And it doesn't matter yes. uh, what your outside uh, covering is. God loves us all the same and he looks at us all the same. And it doesn't matter um, where we always come from it's a matter of knowing where we're going and a lot of people just get stuck they don't know what to do where they're going and we're here to say uh, we can shine some light on that so your identity is really truly rooted and grounded in who God made you so what I hear you saying is that sometimes our issues that drive us into addiction or uh, mysteriously we end up in addiction, not understanding the process of how that happens uh, actually comes from our family environment. It can. It and, can. and so uh, 
we, we, we really have two fathers. You have an earthly father. Mm-hmm. You have an earthly family, some type of dynamic, which all too often is dysfunctional. Yes. And, and dysfunctional families tend to produce primarily dysfunctional individuals. And dysfunctional individuals look for assistance to handle whatever the pain, difficulty, trauma, crisis that either came out of that dysfunction or, or to think there's an answer mm-hmm. in the bottom of the bottle, so to speak. And there's never an answer no. in the bottom of the bottle, is there? No, never. And I, you know, I do have to say that sometimes when babies are raising babies, that's what I call it, um, mm-hmm. they do the best that they can with what they have. Um, but most of the time it's not enough to get you to be a whole individual. And so people fall into these uh, traps. Um, But also I think we've got to understand that no matter how we were raised, we can break free of that generational problem or that generational problem. addiction that has gone on and on and on and that's what we find it started way back when and it's still going on because nobody has stopped that process because the attitudes are the same the thinking is the same the places they go are the same and so when you have these um generational attitudes and family dynamics that continue to go on and on and nobody stops it then it is what it is. And so you have to start going different places, hearing different things, because what we hear is generally what comes out of our mouth. And what we think is is what we hear or, you know, in process. And so we have to cleanse that part of our mind. That's what the word says, renew our minds to the point that we uh, escape from those attitudes and thoughts life processes that cause us to gravitate to those areas that we've been taught to gravitate to. Now, now I want to be very careful here that nobody in this conversation today hears us saying that we're going to play the blame game. Mm-hmm. That's right. If, if our if our dysfunctional family was the trap, and in a later episode, we'll, we'll deal a whole episode just with the, the traps that got us into addiction. But we're not playing the blame game. We're just acknowledging that, that this is a, a key uh, primary way in which we get into difficulty. And, and like produces like. And so uh, families that have addiction and, and trauma and crisis produce uh, trauma and crisis and addiction either comes with that or comes as a uh, too often as a result of that, and uh, so we're not going to play the the blame game. Uh, that's not our point today. We're just we're just building a foundation uh, of what we're dealing with. Um, now, uh, the the key the key is to to have some conversation, some transparency, some some self-reflection that says, you know, I, I, I sort of know how I got here. Um, but to make this declaration, I'm not stuck here. Yes, amen. 
mm-hmm. that that I don't have to go on like this forever. That's right. Uh, the difficulty all too often is that in addiction you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. And that's why our part of our ministry slogan is we're taking the power to live whole again to the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and we trace that power back to when you figure out you weren't designed to live this way. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at your natural family, whether it be uh, parents and siblings or whether it be, uh, you know, into the adult age where you're looking at at who you chose to, to be your spouse or your partner, um, you know, whatever your your uh, uh, cultural peer group is that that you've uh, attached yourself to uh, that 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 doesn't mean that we're we're stuck in that um, we we gotta we gotta rise up and figure out that that our earthly design however that came to be is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. our earthly design however that came to be that got us into this place of addiction if if we can back up to a higher plane and understand the heavenly father created you with a purpose yes and his purpose is never for you to be in bondage because you were made in his image and being in his image you were designed to create you were designed to excel you were designed to subdue the earth mm-hmm. to fill the earth and subdue it you were designed to be fruitful and to multiply and and so bondage is 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 not even in the same universe as the plan of god for you that's right and and too often uh whatever has happened to us in our past and the situation that we live in right now, we in, in in the attic world, we resign ourselves. This is my lot in life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you uh, see that as your lot in life, as soon as you give up power over your choice, over your plans, over your actions, uh, any anything that you give power to, you're giving your own power to. So when you give power to a to a bottle when you give power to a pill when you give power to something that you're going to smoke when you give power to to a desire that you imbibe in of any kind mm-hmm. you've given up your power that's right and so really what we're here to do in in this series of conversations is to encourage people uh to implore people take back power yes over your own life and it's a god-given power because you were commanded to fill your earth and subdue it you are to be in charge of your own life and nothing should be in charge of you least of all a pill or a bottle or something that you are playing in your imagination so the word i want to share today is so simple. It's just four words. Right here, right now. Yes. Right here, right now. Know that you are in right standing with God. He is not mad at you, no matter what you have That's done right. or been through. Remember that God loves you in the right here, right now. 
And we have to work from a perspective of now. You have to say, where am I really right now? Am I where I want to be? It's a simple yes or no question. And some people are not um, ready to say, no, I'm not in the right place that I should be in. And that may take you some time to wake up to actually where you are. And that's what we're saying. You have to be awakened to the place that you are standing because there's a whole nother world out there that God desires for us to walk in. And there's a whole nother place that you will be whole. You will be connected with those that really, truly love you. Uh, that's why God made us. We're designed to have each other. We're designed to have love. We're designed to have life. We're designed to be happy and be whole. And uh, that's what uh, we want to happen through these conversations is to really for you to come into a clear understanding and be transparent enough to say, I need help in the right here and right now. And my desire is to be in that right place and in the now place that I can flourish and be all that he's called me to do and designed me to be. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, I think the word would be digress. <laughs> you said that so eloquently, um, but I'm going to go back to my childhood and days of cartoon watching. Oh no, not uh, those again. Now, now most people out, um, <laughs> outside in this conversation aren't going to remember the the, the Popeye's cartoons yes. and the character Wimpy. But Wimpy was was a old man in a long black coat and a hat uh, who had a fetish for hamburgers. He had an insatiable appetite for hamburgers. And, and the famous saying, is, as I recall it, is, I gladly pay you a dollar on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Now, you're trying to figure out how that applies to breaking free. <laughs> well, in, 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 the, in the mind of addiction, mm -hmm. we want something now, but yeah. we don't want to pay the price mm -hmm. till later. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to break free from addiction, there has to be some understanding arise within us at, at some point that right here, right now, means that I begin to do what it takes today. Because if I wait till Tuesday, come Tuesday, I'll be saying, I'll gladly pay you next Tuesday. Scripture says, today is the day of salvation. Now, for those who who don't come out of a, a church or Bible background, all that really means is today is the day to be delivered. Yes. Today is the day to, to not only be delivered, but to be brought into a place of safety where you live daily in that safety, free from what you were delivered from. Yes. And so this reminds me of an older gentleman that came to our restaurant uh, some months ago 
we had given the book to somebody in the community that came into the restaurant. Uh, they took the book home. They read it. They uh, gave it to somebody else. And, and this uh, gentleman is uh, the self-proclaimed town drunk. Uh, he started drinking uh, as a five and six-year-old child, mm-hmm. uh, finishing off the pitchers of beer from his grandmother's tavern while he sat under the counter at night waiting to go home. Mm-hmm. So he's been a drunk all his life. Yes. And he read the book and and he's he's miserable. He admits he's been to, to every rehab facility probably in the state of Oklahoma. And, you know, he may be able to be dry while he's there. But as, as soon as he get out, the first thing he does is he goes straight to get another drink. Mm-hmm. And so we had gone outside the restaurant. We're leaning up against the, the outside wall visiting. And and uh, he's telling me a story. And, and uh, finally, with a with an extreme sound of disappointment in his voice. Mm -hmm. He looks at me and he says, Preacher man, I came to see you today because I thought because you wrote the book, maybe you could just say a few words over me and it would make it easy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so on one hand, you know, I'm jumping up and down on the inside. I'm all excited because there is a recognition in him. He wants to break free. Yes. But in the other side of that coin, there's an extreme disappointment that he spent a lifetime getting into this addiction and staying locked into it. And he doesn't want to come out unless it's easy. And I understand and we pray that when people want to get delivered, there are lots of stories of God instantly delivering someone. Yes. But the reality is, for most people coming out of addiction, It's a daily walk of trust with God and taking back your life one one moment, one temptation, one one thought. And and you made the the phrase earlier, we we celebrate the little victories. And so Mm -hmm. breaking free is, is a pathway of celebrating little victories on the way to achieving the ultimate victory of being completely free. Yes, and when we're talking about prices, you know, we want to pay. It's a price to pay. And sometimes people don't want to pay the price of change. They'd rather pay the price of staying the same. And that's what mm. we've got to do different. We There is a price to pay. And you have to be willing to accept that price. So what I'm hearing is we have to either A, go back and remember Mm -hmm. the beauty of life before addiction. Yes. Or maybe life was never beautiful. That's true. A lot of people it has And so we have to latch on to a God-given hope, Mm -hmm. a God-given vision of a life that is free. 
and lived according to the Father's design for us. Yes, most recently, the young lady that is in our transitional place now, she said, I want my original life back without addiction. I want to be free. I want to know what it's like to laugh again, to live again, and to live in a house and to let my children that are not with me know that I can be a good mom and I can be free. And that's what keeps people in bondage a lot of times. There's so many things to overcome. But if you just, uh, you don't eat an elephant in one setting, it's a bite at a time. And there are lots of elephants out there. Wow. And you just got to take a bite at a time. And if you are willing to pay that price to eat that whole elephant <laughs> a bite at a time, <laughs> uh, just a bite at a time, you're going to make it. So a vision, mm-hmm. a God-inspired vision of what your life could be, yes. of what restoration would look like, yes, can literally energize you yes. in the physical realm. Yes. To do the things, to, to pay the price today. That's right. For what you have to face today. Yes. And and that's a, that's a key here is we're not paying the whole price to break free in one moment. No. We're only paying the price for the installment of the of the moment mm-hmm. in today. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just face today. Maybe 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 you gotta maybe you gotta align yourself with a new friend. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to cut off someone that's that's of the wrong influence uh, that manipulates you or 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 drives you or or bullies you or or whatever that is. Uh, may, maybe it's just changing uh, thought patterns, one thought pattern at a time. Maybe it's it's reaching out to a mentor, which we'll talk about that uh, another whole episode just on, on finding a mentor and what a mentor can speak into your life and, and encourage you with. And and so uh, we, we're just going to pay the moment. We're not paying the whole bill at one time. Yes. We're going to get on an installment plan mm-hmm. to break free from addiction. How's that sound? Yes. So... So let's let's recap a little bit here, so we can sort of wind down. Um, we're gonna we're gonna begin to practice the right here, right now, which includes not living in the past, not playing the blame game, mm-hmm. not not saying over ourselves what what everybody else is saying about our our failure and our being. Uh, a wretch and and being useless and and we're never going to amount to anything. Uh, you know, uh, we we can listen to others blame game us or we can blame game ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's never about the blame game. Blame game ties you to your past. That's right. We're we're going to have a hope. Yes. A God given hope. A God given dream of life that is free, where we make our own decisions 
because we want to, because that's the inspiration of God on the inside of us. And we have relationships again, and, and, and we're free to love again and be loved, and, and we're at peace, and, and we're not worried about who's knocking at the door, who's driving by the house, or or where, where the, the fix is going to come from, because we're going to taste food again, and we're going to enjoy life, and everything is going to be different, and we get that idea, and we begin to possess our future. Yes. But you possess your future starting right here, right now. Today's the day. So wherever you're at out there today, yes, I want to encourage you. Mm-hmm. I want to speak into your life. The God who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, mm-hmm. the all-powerful creator of the universe, yes. the one who designed you and made you and fashioned you, the one that purposed you, is a God who is alive and he's speaking to you. And I want to tell you today that you have ears to hear the voice of God. Yes. And he's not talking to you as an angry father. He's not dysfunctional. He doesn't deal with you from anger. He deals with you from love. And he speaks lovingly to you. And he calls you to himself. Yes. And he's calling you right now. And he's telling you, you have the power to break free. You have the power to walk the streets of whatever neighborhood you live in. Free, free indeed, restored and living a new life. Yes. Today's the day. Now, before we hit the end button today, I want to let you know that you can connect with us on Facebook. There's a page, Breaking Free from Addiction. It's the book page. And we'd love if you'd go to that page and send us a note of how this podcast has ministered to you. You got questions, go to that page. Let us know your question. We're not the expert on everything. But we'll tell you what we have learned and we'll find some place to refer you if we don't have the answer to that. But one thing we know is there is a God, your Heavenly Father, who has all those answers. If you're looking for the book, you can get on Amazon and order it from Amazon or from Barnes & Noble. Now, as we close, I just want to take a moment and pray with you. Heavenly Father, we lift up every person in our audience today. And we just believe that divine appointment you have a right now, right here experience, that they're going to begin to walk in this very day. We trust you for each life who's hearing this podcast right now. This is a day that we begin to break free and we covenant together to walk this journey together. Amen. Amen. We can't wait to be in our next conversation with you. Have a great day and a great week. Talk soon.